0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, joined today by... Holocaust we have an inspiring show for you today now Kim Smith is with us today and she has a special story about her dog Wink who almost died from an abusive incident he lived and she's here to tell a story later restaurateur Jeff Good joins us he was recently voted Jackson's best urban warrior we'll find out why he chooses Mississippi to house his several restaurants and hear about his love for people if you want to join us in the conversation today give us a call at 877-MPB-RING we'll be right back after the news
1: To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good
0: Monday morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. And we're joined today, of course, by a good friend, Paula Cost, friend of the show, and a very ancient and elderly, Sharita. Wait. Well, you're I 30. am not. You're 30. You're ancient. <laughs> and, and, if I'm ancient, what are you, Marshall? <laughs> uh, older than time. I'm older than dirt. Yeah. Me and Moses went to school. He got kicked out for burning bushes. But yeah, no, I, uh, I'm here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, happy birthday. Thank you very anyway, much. You had a big party. You were out too late. I was out very late.
2: Uh, and I was late for work uh, because I had a, a long night, but it was a great celebration. All right, now, now your boss now knows that. Jason yeah. now knows. That I mean, I'm honest. I'm mean, in my 30s now. I might
0: as well be honest. Yeah, right. I mean, you're, no you're more so lying. old, you're not going to be around much longer. So, <laughs> you know, that's
3: a cup of coffee we've been watching her drink all oh, morning. Oh, no,
0: that's not coffee. That's much much stronger than coffee. It's, what? It's Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. I I had a great
2: party, though. Music, comedy... I had about three different performers uh, on the music end, and I had about four comedians perform. So it was great. My family was there. My church members were there. Uh, I had a great time. So and I don't feel any different. Everybody's like, How do you feel now? I feel the same. Oh,
0: wait, wait till 40. But did. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, then everything starts falling off. Did, seriously, did you rent out the Coliseum or where did you, the convention no, center? No.
2: There's this really cool place in the Metro Center Mall that okay. they have renovated. It's called Next Level Entertainment. So it is awesome. Just on okay. the outside, look. In. You wouldn't know that it's in the Metro Center Mall, but that's where it was. They renovated it. It's a restaurant and uh, an event space, so they have about four or five different rooms. There's like a club area, a banquet area. It is crazy nice in there, so that's where we were. That is awesome. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. I survived my roast. Yeah, how Did, was the roast? Do, I, do you see any burn marks on me? Did you lose some friends? Uh, no, no, actually it was awesome. Some people brought some serious Smackdown on me and it was good. It uh-huh. really was. I was just sitting there laughing the whole time. Even the governor showed up and was, uh, he showed a bunch of cartoons of him basically killing me, which made me kind of a little bit worried. Now, you <laughs> but, uh, know,
2: you're a celebrity when the governor shows up
0: at exactly. your Oh, uh, no, that was cathartic Come for on. him. That was cathartic because he's been mad <laughs> at some of my cartoons lately. So it was very good for him to do that. Marshall, fun. Marshall had Delbert Hoseman,
3: uh, um, Uh, Steve Holland, you had some really great people up there. roasting, And and it was amazing. The the, the big message at the end, after people gave Marshall a hard time and they had all drawn drawn their own cartoons depicting Marshall in their way. And uh, it was really unique because at the end of each roast, each person said how much Marshall meant to them and how much he meant to Mississippi. So it was it was really a great time and, uh, well, for a great ch- Well, call. go ahead and
0: tell everybody, since you were one of the roasters, uh, what you said about me. And I, I'm still holding this against you now.
3: I, I said that Marshall looked, when I
0: first trained
3: him, he looked like the State Puff Marshall, Marshmallow Man and that uh, he threw up for the first week. And that's what I was most sorry for, for all the participants that had, had gone through that program watching poor Marshall Ramsey throw up for, for a week.
0: Hey, all lies, They were all lies. <laughs> they were lies, I tell you. So, and it was really funny because my kids were there and, of course, my wife and they were sitting right in front of the roasters. And Steve Holland gets up there and goes, nobody told me children were going to be here. <laughs> it was for- but he, I tell you, Steve, of course, is in the legislature and has for years not been afraid to say exactly what's on his mind. He didn't hold back.
3: No, he no, didn't. Was- he didn't. And, and he's such a unique individual. I mean the things that come out of his mouth. You and, never know, and his—you never know what's coming. No. But he did a fabulous job.
0: That was great. It was so much fun, and just uh, to sit there and be able to, you know, have people sit there and make fun of you with love. That's actually yep. a really, yeah. really, with really love good, is the with key. With love, yeah. No, as I got up there. My response first line was. I've had worse said about me this week on Facebook, <laughs> which is the truth.
2: That's very interesting, Marshall. Wh- what do you think about that? Responding to to everything on Facebook but because these re- people don't no. know you. They're called trolls. Yeah. So how how do you deal with that? Because to an extent, it's cyberbullying. And I know if we have to deal with it, adults with with it as adults. I can't imagine how it is for teens who don't have the maturity to just let things roll off their backs. So I have
0: forty five thousand followers on Twitter. I have probably about thirty thousand people between my two facebook accounts i get to hear from a lot of people that i don't know if somebody comes after me and a lot of times believe it or not political campaigns will actually hire people to go after you um but you know what if somebody has five followers and they're saying something nasty about you don't respond we to- don't respond back you know why because you're giving them your platform mm-hmm. if you respond back and it's tough and I, and i You know, I've got kids, and I worry about that with them because they get cyber bullied. When we got bullied in school, uh, of course, Paul never got bullied because he's twice the size (laughs) of every human being on the planet, but. Well, you know, when we were in school, there wasn't social media. So it was like at school. Right. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, like in my case, I grew like nine inches in one year. And then seventh grade was payback time. Right. <laughs> and it stopped. But now they can get at kid's 24 seven. And yep. that's tough. Right. And that's tough. And I tell you, the last year or so, uh, people have been really angry and upset. And I'm not just picking on one side. Everybody's been doing it. And it's amazing. Last week I had. You know, I post something about the Arts Commission, for instance, what's going on there, and I have people coming at me on that. But I did one about the media, and it was funny because nobody read it for the context of what I wrote. They just instantly started chiming in with what they had heard on, you know, online or, or on their favorite radio station, whatever, and they weren't reading. It's like we're not talking to each other anymore. We're talking at each other. So it's amazing. So, but nobody nobody bullies Paul. Yeah, <laughs> <So no. laughs> they used to make
3: fun of me in first and second grade when it was time to read out loud uh, with dyslexia and, and the other issues that I had in the classroom. So I really got made fun of in the classroom, and uh, that's where I learned how to get work ethic and and really work hard on things. With my mom, my mom really pushed me academically, but it was funny how bad that affected me. You know, every day from eight thirty to three thirty, I was so afraid. To be called on to read out loud at that stage in my life because I was slow right. and I was a slow reader um, and, and it took me time and I would miss words and the kids would laugh and, and you're right Marshall when they would laugh I'd say okay I'm going to get that kid on the playground
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'd pay back. I, I think with kids and it's very important to having three boys myself is making sure that they understand that their self esteem is not based on what other people say that their self esteem is based in their heart and you know with my oldest son who was struggling with it a little bit and he's an amazing kid he came out and worked out with Paul in the morning and he proved to himself that he could do anything that he got his mind past, and that really helped him with bullies. I think it's amazing how as parents we have the
3: biggest impact on our children. And if we can, when they're with us, we can keep telling them how great they are, how much we love them, how much we care about them, and not to worry about what the outside noise is and what they hear from their friends. When they go out in public, when they have that strong foundation based of love and acceptance from their mother and father, they're not not gonna listen to to the other kids as much. They're gonna go, you know what, my mom and dad, they believe in me. I've got this made.
0: Well, and here's the thing, too, and I think in in this era of participation trophies, you know, with my kids, I build up their strengths and things that I see that they're doing really well, and I privately will help them with things that they're not doing as well. I never publicly ever, you know, condemn them right. but privately you know it's like hey well, you know you need to work on this and this but i'm so proud of you because you're doing this great none of my kids draw everybody's always like do your kids draw <laughs> no none of them do but they're amazing and talented in their own way. way and that's my job as a parent is to take care of that but yeah my middle son who is a he's a pretty popular kid everybody knows him he's very personable um he only has a couple different social media accounts and he has them locked down and he only because he, he, he said dad i don't need that noise
3: that's great yeah so yeah. that's that's and, great when you and can you, limit you that. You get a
0: lot too, Sherita. I know just because you're a public figure as well, and so you get a lot of people on your, and you're very opinionated on your page. So I know you're getting a lot of noise.
2: Yeah, my, p- my page is public as well, so you never know who's going to comment. I get some inbox things at times, and I just ignore it. I mean, there was one time I responded to this older lady uh, who had commented on a video I posted, and the video was about grammar. I was doing a grammar video. It was like a prayer, and it was funny. And she tried to approach me. Uh, like in a negative way, but she had bad grammar in yeah. in her <laughs> post, so I just took it as an opportunity to to make some fun. But you know, I, I just don't pay it much attention because I feel like these are strangers; these are people who don't know me. Right? They can they they try to make. Uh, you know, character assessments of you based off your Facebook posts, but they don't know you. So I, I'm not going to get all riled up and offended by people who don't know who I am. Um, and then, you know, I don't want somebody to come find me either and be waiting on me outside my job. <laughs> I mean, because it's really not a secret. You know, you can figure out where somebody lives. And so I don't want to get into it with anybody who might be super crazy. One
0: of the things I've noticed, too, is that when people come after you, and then you sit there and you put them back down in their place. Then they start crying that they've been bullied. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you, you, came you on started my, this. You started this. I was <laughs> like, you came on my page. I just punched you in the nose. I don't understand what the deal is. So it, it is kind of weird times right now. And you're right, because the person that you don't know is mad is the one you're going to have the most trouble with. Yeah. See, Paul's made everybody mad, but he knows it. <laughs> yeah. I used to I used to go in the mornings at, at 4 o'clock when I'd
3: leave, leave the house, I used to open up the garage, and as soon as the garage would go up, I said, hey, if you're out there, I'm coming out. Because <laughs> I always, you know, speaking of, you know, people know where you live, people know where you work, mm-hmm. but I don't worry about that as much as I used to in the early morning because I used to really make some people mad. But a lot of the Facebook posts or messages that I get are, are, are really neat because the people are asking me health tips or workout tips or, you know, different things. You know, I, last week I had a, a lady who's in our program ask, uh, you know, when I'm doing cardio, I I'm, I'm, must be doing something wrong. I feel like I can't breathe. I'm, I'm so tight and tense. And that's one of those things I was able to tell her, hey, relax when you run, relax your face, relax your hands. And it's, uh, it's so helpful to, 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 to be able to respond to the people and use uh, social media in a positive way.
0: Very cool. Well, the guest of honor has just walked into the building. I noticed Wink is here. Yeah, Uh, we can take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break because y'all are going to love to meet Wink and just a fantastic dog story. And Kim Smith's here as well. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now
0: You're Talking with MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. and I'm joined today, of course by paul lacoste we have an honest to goodness celebrity in the house wink the dog is here now you're probably thinking to yourself now who's wink the dog well i tell you what wink the dog has got an incredible story and kim smith who is basically uh wink's angel is here today to talk a little bit because wink you know believe it or not is not that good at talking <laughs> He's really not. He's not. He's really but he
3: lets you know exactly how he feels. When he walked in, when he I had start, a smile on his face. He had a smile
0: on his face and <laughs> I started scratching right under his ear. And he, I, I had him. He was mine. He, he was, wanted to uh, jump right up in your lap. That's right. Not often do we get to have a dog celebrity in the, in the studio. Awesome. So, Kent, welcome aboard. Um, Thank you. It's been quite a journey with Wink, to say the least. And... So you've got to tell the story because, I mean, number one, Wink literally came millimeters from dying.
4: Yeah, he did. Um, Wink's story is, there's a lot to it, so I'll just kind of give you it in a nutshell. Um, We were ready for a second dog, and um, so I started looking around. I was looking on PetFinder.com. All moms know that at night, when everyone's gone to bed, that's when you have the most time. So I was messing around on PetFinder.com, and I wanted a a dog that was kind of portable, and um, I loved Terrier breeds, so when I typed in Jack Russell Terrier several pictures down there was a little dog without an eye and beside his picture it said wink and under that it said special needs and really at that moment i was sold um i just kind of felt like i knew him so um it turned out once i contacted this little refuge down in mobile alabama that he had a very sad story and um he had received some sort of violent blow to the face, which caused him to lose an eye, um, also crushed his sinus passages. So he wasn't able to breathe through his nose. And he just, because this little refuge didn't have the money to cover these expenses, he remained this way. And um, he was eventually adopted out by a family. They, um, it, it seems, kind of couldn't deal with his circumstances and returned him oh, wow. to the refuge. Wow. Um, so that's that's when I found him. And, um Anyway, he's just been a complete blessing to my family. And little did I know at that time when we adopted him, it took me about a month to convince my husband this was the thing to do. (laughs) He's still wondering if this was the right thing to do. But, um, But anyway... Little did I know that about a year later our um, medical expenses for him would nearly reach fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah,
0: anybody with animals knows it. Sometimes bed bills can be a little astronomical. I know yeah. I had that with Banjo yeah. with his diabetes. It got very expensive and but yeah. yours were like really, really expensive it's, for good it's reason. Way
4: on up there. Yeah. It really is. Um you know and thank goodness. Because of the charity of others, yes. um, that we've been able to do this. It, from the very beginning, I convinced my husband that we would adopt him on these terms. Yeah. That I would pay for it all. The unfortunate part of that is that I homeschool my two boys and I have no income of my own. <laughs> um, so, on a wing and a prayer, we adopted him. And um, Or a, to, wink,
0: a wink and a prayer, I guess you could say. On a wink
4: and a prayer, yeah. yeah. A friend always says, where there's a wink, there's a way. And That's she's right. right. <laughs>
0: She's right. Now, Um, I've got to say a little bit about Wink here because you brought him a nice little mat, and he was sitting down and everything. (laughs) And I was scratching him, and I stopped for a second, and he got off his mat and walked back over to me. He's like, you're going to keep scratching me. So I think Wink and I are going to be tight for the rest of the show. I think so, too.
4: I think so, too. He knows a dog person when he sees one.
0: Does he love your boys?
4: He loves my boys. Now, the opposite, well, I won't say necessarily the opposite. I have a younger son who's nine. He wanted a German Shepherd. (laughs) So he's a little disappointed that we have Wink. He tolerates him. Uh Um, (laughs) And then I have a 13-year-old son, and they have just really bonded. They're they're best buddies. Uh, But my boys are great with him.
0: Terriers really are incredible when it comes to stamina and will to live and Uh fight. And Wink really does seem to have... A huge will to live. But the thing that cracked me up is you said that Wink got over a five-foot fence. Now, you understand Wink is not a big dog?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wink is 20 pounds. Um, He's not a very big dog. He he has kind of the look of my dog Skip, maybe about... That size, a little bit taller maybe. And um, it's it's a funny story because we live in a small town just like the movie My Dog Skip. And so the day that Wink got out um, was it reminded me of maybe a scene from that movie. But, yeah, he, he jumped a five-foot fence, and I chased him all over town. Actually, I didn't know where he was. I was looking for him all over town in pajamas. Right. <laughs> um, and someone from the bank who knew me, drove down to my house and said, I think I've seen your dog on the square. And we ended up finding him in a local um, surveyor's office.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, one of the funny things I've noticed about uh, families that adopt dogs is how close the bond is when you adopt a dog. And, And between the families, the dog, I mean, they're just, they're so connected. Have you seen that with your family?
4: You know, I I really have seen that. And especially in this situation, um, you know, I keep someone said one day, you sure are optimistic when you have to face this situation every day. And, you know, I just kind of decided from the beginning that there was no reason to to let anger build up over this situation. Um, I really could just take that angle, anger and channel it for good. And And that's what I've tried to do. Um, we've had, you know, you mentioned earlier something about me being Wink's angel. I I beg to differ because I feel like everyone who's helped him has been his angel.
0: Yeah. Um, How many surgeries has Wink had now? What kind of surgeries?
4: He has had... Um, let me think, five or six, um, when you get up to that many, they just start kind of running together. But the first operation he had, we started out at Mississippi State and uh, go dogs. Yes. A, yeah. You know, I bleed maroon and white, um, but we found we had diagnostic testing done there and we found out that um, A&M has a department that's devoted to nasal stents placing nasal stents so eventually we transferred him over to A&M he had a tissue removal surgery there he had broken tissue and bone that had just fused together they couldn't do anything with the side that has the bad eye yeah um but they removed tissue at that first surgery put in a temporary stent second surgery was removing a temporary stent third surgery was placing a permanent stent um we came home and he had dental surgery here at the animal emergency um sent her out on Lakeland and because he had abscessed teeth and he was missing enamel on quite a few of his teeth, went back to A&M for two more operations because we had a little tissue that's growing behind the stent. They removed that. So the plan from here is the stent's behaving beautifully, it works perfectly. The problem is there's just a little stricture yeah. behind the stent, and we need to get rid of that. And the way that we're going to do that is by placing a second stent. So
0: he's got one more surgery ahead of him.
4: He has one, maybe two.
0: Maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. He's a pretty tough guy, though. He is sitting he's, here right he now, is. watching everybody that walks past.
4: He's getting a lot of waves by people who walk by too. I know. He, he's
0: like so wanting to sign autographs right there. Definitely. 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 Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell us about the the Wink Wish
3: Project.
4: Okay. The Wink's Wish Project. Um, when when we first went to Mobile and we met Wink, it wasn't the best situation ever because I wanted to take him home and my husband thought it was a bad idea. He knew from a previous dog how much the bills can yeah. can be. And so um, we ended up going home without him. And I still have a picture of myself that I would show no one. I only texted it to my sister the next day because my face was so swollen and I looked like a Oh. grapefruit yeah. or so I, I just that's a funny analogy but but anyway I just works. It, it <laughs> works I had cried so much over this situation and um, the winks wish project really started out of desperation for me to give this dog a better life yeah and um, I just devoted it devoted myself to to um, to making him better. So through Wink's Wish, I just kind of gave it a name, um, gave my project a name. And I have a PR background from Mississippi State. And so you know, I kind of did what I know. I gave it a name. I publicized it. um, I called TV stations in, in Mobile. I told them about this little dog. And one of them picked up on the story Fox 10 did. They went and did a story on him. And they filmed him at the refuge. And then they filmed him the day that he was leaving to go to Mississippi State for diagnostic testing. So, after that story aired, I had already opened up a GoFundMe account for him, and seven thousand dollars came into the GoFundMe account for wow. that story. Yeah, um, a couple of funds at A and have donated to Wink um, to the tune of about twenty three hundred dollars, and also um, I've. <laughs> a lot of people may remember seeing me out at some little local festivals, um, flea markets, those sorts of things. I have sold hundreds of little plush dogs for five dollars a piece they come with a cardboard dog house and an adoption certificate and um so my profit on that is not that great all the money goes to wink but it sure has helped pay the bills Definitely That's does.
0: Great. you know paul touched on something because rescue dogs are so incredibly grateful and i know wink mm-hmm. is because he's very happy right now as a matter of oh, fact he's very so.
4: happy
0: yeah. yeah so he's definitely happy so you would say you know I know he's impacted your family's life, but how he's really impacted other people's lives, too, hadn't he?
4: Yeah, I, I believe so. We've had um, three people, and I won't mention any names, two of them I don't even know, who have donated $1,000 to him. Wow. Um, you know, and those donations mean a lot to me, but the $10 donations mean a lot, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes together for the good, And so many people have reached out to us through this. And, you know, you see a lot of things that are presented in the news that are that are so negative. Um, And through this, I've just I've honestly seen excuse me, I've seen so much good in the world. And that's the
0: thing. You're right, because every day you turn on the news, it's like bad, 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 yeah. bad. And it takes a story like this sometimes to yeah. make us realize, you know, well, we have good inner angels and we can do good Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Definitely on that. Wink's Wish, you have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Or Wink has a Facebook page. I, I take that back. Yeah, Wink w- has
4: a Facebook what page. What are some
0: other ways people can can find out more about Wink?
4: Um, Wink, his Facebook page is Wink's Wish. Mm-hmm. And also his website is just full of information. I have a photo journal on there that probably has about 60 pictures of Wink. They have captions and it shows our journey all the way through. Um, It is WinksWish.org. The Mosby Foundation in Virginia is, um, this is just amazing. Talk about angels. Um, The Mosby Foundation in Virginia, I told them about Wink because when I found out that we were going to have to move forward with a couple of operations, you know, I just kind of wanted to stick my head in the sand. Um, We've worked so hard for this and and just thinking about the money that I would need to raise to move forward, um, someone at a told me about the Mosby Foundation. So I contacted them, and they accepted Wink's case, and they wanted to do a campaign for him. Um, this foundation was started by Carol Adams. Her dog, Mosby, was shot for absolutely no reason at all. And um, he's become pretty famous because of, that. Mosby did not live, but Carol went on to use her anger for good. Mm -hmm. And um, she started this foundation where they do amazing things and they help so many dogs. And Wink is one of them. So Carol opened a campaign for Wink. He's actually going to be on the front of their upcoming newsletter and set the goal at $6,500. And so $6,500 would cover, um, Upcoming operations he's going to have about five hundred dollars worth of dental surgeries every year for the rest of his life, and so she set the goal at sixty five hundred dollars we're at sixty two fifty two hundred dollars at this moment oh, you've
0: got that yeah yeah that, so
4: I mean yeah. I feel like we've got that you've
0: got that so one thing about wink and I love this was he loves the piano.
4: He does. He loves to listen to the piano. Um, my dad is a local musician. If you happen to be at Char on a Saturday night, you'll find him playing the piano there. Yeah. Um, and you know, but
0: Wink's not there.
4: <laughs> no, Wink is not there. We haven't gotten the service dog certification Wink. yet. But
0: <laughs> you're working on it. Yeah.
4: But he does. He loves music. And that's one of the things my dad and my dad will babysit him from time to time if we need to go out of town. And he does enjoy playing the piano for him.
0: Well, Kim, I I know Paul and I are both thrilled to have Wink in our studio. We we feel like we we have a person of honor here. And we're very glad you're here as well, too. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, people sometimes might say, well, why all that for a dog? It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's it's bigger than that. You know, Wink. Wink. Don't make me cry, Marshall. That's when <laughs> well, the, cry, the crying happens. Um, it, it is definitely bigger than that for my boys to be able to see that that you can take a little dog like this and you can give him a better life. It's much. It's much yeah. bigger than that. And I think what I'm teaching them, and also what I'm teaching myself, is that you find happiness in doing things for others. Yep. Because when you focus inward, I, I don't think that's what what brings you happiness?
3: Oh, Amen. What a story of overcoming l- a terrible life accident or yeah. situation. That that her kids and other kids that come to visit and people that see Wink can be inspired by him. Hey, he he's out there. He's so sweet. He's so happy. He's wagging his tail. And his life is great, and even though you see it on his face, right. the hurt that he has been through—what an
0: inspiration he is! Just as, long as you're scratching behind the ear,
4: that's right, he's a that's happy right. Man. And Wink and I, once he's feeling better, we want to go forward, and um, we would love to be invited to local schools. Um, yeah. We're we also have this idea of a little book about Wink. Um, you know, it would involve some illustration. Um, so, Marshall, if you know of anyone who's good at that. <laughs> I was about um, to say, I know we, a
0: really great cartoonist. <laughs> I have drawn dogs before. So.
4: You've drawn a few dogs before, but but we would love to go into schools and, you yeah. know, do programs to teach kids. It's not okay to be mean to animals, and it's not okay to be mean to others either. That's right.
0: That's, That's right. right. Well, Kim, thank you for joining us today, and Wink, thank you for being here, too. He's just chilling on the floor thank right now. Thank you He's so a much, y'all. All right. Well, I want to thank him and Wink for coming in. Coming up next is, well, one of Jackson's best urban warriors. We're going to love him being in. Jeff Good is going to be joining us. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I want to thank again Kim, Smith, and Wink for joining us here in the studio. And I'm going to post a picture of Wink here in just a minute. You can find me on Instagram at Marshall Ramsey, on Twitter at Marshall Ramsey, on Facebook at Marshall Ramsey. You're getting the drill here. All right. Paul and I are very glad to welcome the Jackson's best urban warrior, just recently voted. I'm not quite sure what that means, but that sounds pretty darn awesome. Jeff Good is in the house, surviving a trip to New Orleans i see you're back uh, how did the king cake uh, festival go we uh, we decided to take
5: our urban warriorism down to new orleans and compete against uh, 30 different bakeries for the um, annual king cake festival in champion square it was quite an ordeal oh, uh, of thousands cake. of people all wow. having a day long party uh, eating king cake and who got the baby uh, I, I hopefully nobody had a baby
0: uh, <laughs> no i said got the baby i didn't well it's uh, these, are all, the these are all these were
5: all samples so we didn't we didn't shove a, a baby in every sample so oh, I, I think good. we're okay but <laughs> it was, I, I tell you it is extraordinary to watch um you know culinary arts in general it's always interesting to see people's yeah. um different um ways that they represent something so what there was a king cake down there that was barbecue pork and um um and jelly Holy uh, cow. Uh, pepper jelly yeah. uh there was there was another one that was a um a smoked sausage, uh really? a kin cake. Yeah, it was it was fascinating. Somebody we just had didn't.
0: a couple beers and said, "That sounds like a good idea." We were so boring with our
5: traditional, you know, yeah. uh, almond pastry cream. But uh, we made a we we made a lot of friends, a lot of converts down there, uh, folks that that put us on the map. So we're thankful.
0: Well, I've I've watched enough um Gordon Ramsay and Robert Irvine to know that running a restaurant is not terribly easy, but running one for a long time is darn near impossible. And you and and your partner Jeff have done a great job over Thank the you. years staying not only open but like still expanding and you've, you're still doing that you're still expanding talking a little bit about the business and i loved i love the story about how y'all got together and decided to do this you're kind well high school oh, uh, no, I'm not high school kind. best friends. friends well yeah, yeah our kind high okay. school best friends from uh from murrah high
5: roll blue uh met in 1981 when i moved here from salt lake city utah and uh, became fast friends we Graduated high school, moved on to college. Uh, he graduated college on time out in California. I took five years of LSAPs, <laughs> but we won't talk about that. I was in the computer business. He was a chef in San Francisco, and and uh, I was um, um, there was a change in my company, and uh, a decision had to be made to find another job, and uh, I couldn't find something that that really fit uh, fit my skill sets here, and, uh, and I I got a little frustrated one night, called him on the phone, and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, Dan. And he said, uh, you know, I'm a little frustrated in the restaurant I'm in in right now. It's my fourth restaurant. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And from that moment, we made a decision to to think about going
0: into business together. Which which restaurant did you all open first? Bravo was first. So that was our our vision.
5: We we decided to swing for the bleachers. And it took two years. Uh, It was was one of those things that we put a small business plan together, met with a bank, and talked about how to borrow money. And we we quickly learned the truth of of, uh, the amazing American free enterprise system, which is the best system so far in the world. But you can't borrow money if you don't don't have have money. Money ball. That's right. If you don't have money, exactly. the bank is not going to loan you money. So we had to fall into the idea of how to raise money. So we, we did uh, a series of tastings. I prospected 750 people face to face, fed 250 people in my house, 10 at a time, little dinner parties. People thought I was selling Amway because every Thursday we'd have all these folks <laughs> in the house. And we got 44 people, just amazing people that believed in us uh, back in 1993 to invest $10,000 a piece to make Bravo a Reality and we opened April 7 of 1994.
0: And then wow. the rest is history. It's, uh, yeah, it's da-
5: daily daily and I think that 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 is it's wonderful to see Paul. I have a t- tremendous amount of admiration for for him and even more for you for being in the 4 a.m. wake up club. <laughs> yeah. uh, daily work is how you make a system work. Yes, so yeah. whether it's your body or whether it's a, whether it's a business and we just, you know, daily do what we think is best for that day working on a long-term plan, and it's and, and we're just really fortunate to have great people.
0: Jackson Free Press named you their best urban warrior, and one of the things I've always admired about you, I think you totally understand business in the sense that you know that if it's good for the community, it's going to be good for your business, yes. and you're an activist. I mean, you're very busy. A lot of people say, oh, Jeff, good for mayor, but which I I would think it might be insane to run for mayor, but, you know, you you would have the qualifications. (laughs) He could do it. He He could do it. But, I mean, you're you're out there, and you're trying to make where we live a better place. Is that just something that you figured out early on, or is this just... So
5: here I am. I'm a computer salesman. That was what my former career was. Who was losing his job. And then 44 people believed in me enough to set right. me on a course of action. So if that isn't the George Bailey, you know, and I, and I was I'm not from here. I don't have any family ties. So so, you know, that really kind of set up a narrative that I wanted to, you know, kind of honor with my life. And it took a long time to get out of just running the business daily, eight until two in the morning, seven days a week. That's the way it worked. And then, then you know, our town is is in need. It's it, it, it's an underdog town. It's it, yeah. it's in need of some 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 love and some help. There's been a lot of disinvestment, a lot of of um, uh, uh, lack of attention, and and a lot of dysfunction. And I'm just trying to be a positive, engaged person to try to be a voice of. Um, of business and a voice of community and a voice of of, uh, being rational. And also, I'm trying to learn more and more about what it must mean to be disenfranchised in this community, what that must mean, and and, and how to make sure that uh, those voices that don't have a lot of power, that they're... They're they're recognized and, and they're heard and um, and that everyone can you know kind of work together. So I guess that's what an urban warrior means that or a Captain America outfit, which would not look very good <laughs> on me. I don't have Paul. No, no, Paul, feet, yeah, so. Paul
0: can take care of that for you. Yeah. Now, you tried once. Yeah, yeah. once. you your it, back. It, your your back a, said, it, it, no, thank you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you're literally putting your mouth where your money is. Yes, yeah yes. and, like and
3: he 's shown that in the growth of his company yeah. T- tell us more about from Bravo, Tell us about the other restaurants so, that you've opened so
5: then we we, we, we um, um, decided we want to do something to honor dan 's heritage uh, dan 's grandfather was a um, second generation baker. Um, he was a uh, owned a Jewish bakery in Trenton, New Jersey called the Blumenthal Bakery. It was located on Broad Street. He had that post war, so fifties, sixties, seventies.
0: And his name was Sal. And right? his
5: name was his name was uh, Saul. 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 So okay. that, that's our problem okay. with Sal Mookies is we've caused that a little bit of of, <laughs> of 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 confusion. So Saul Blumenthal and his wife Deborah ran a bakery and then two bakeries uh, in Trenton. And so, when we decided to do a delicatessen, we named that Broad Street in honor of Saul. And he's the old man you've seen the pictures mm-hmm. at the at the restaurant. Got a so, big old we, smile. we wanted to do a bakery. We wanted to do, you know, like the cancake bit. We wanted to do things that would, would provide products that this town hasn't seen before: croissant, brioche, scones, uh, sandwiches on focaccia bread, soup salad quiche, all those good things, the Paul Lacoste salad, <laughs> all those things. So, we did that in 98. And then um, um, I had kids. Uh, Carly and Alex, my twins, were probably eight in 2006. And we started talking about wanting to do one more thing. I wanted to do an ice cream place because it was really hard to get ice cream in Jackson without you know, meeting people that are really mean at the Baskin Robbins. Uh, so, um,
0: Wait, we, the phones sh- are lighting up right I'm now. I'm sorry.
5: I'm sorry. We started talking about that, and, and um, Dan said, I really would like to do a pizza place. I'd like to do New York, New York pizza. So we put the two together Salamuki's, New York pizza, and ice cream joint. And Salamuki's, that count, comes from the Spike Lee movie, Do the Right Thing. They're the yeah. two main characters, Brooklyn Pizzeria storyline. We thought that'd be clever. So, um, and, then, and then for Salamuki's, we've been very fortunate that we've grown. We have a. Um, uh, license agreement, which is like a franchise. We started in Beloxie a year and a half ago. That's open and running, doing great. And now in the town of Livingston, up in Madison. So it's okay to be a Jackson advocate and still grow your business right, because no you've doubt. got business needs to grow. And um, I'm really excited about the the the. Um, um, reception we're getting about the thing in livingston that i think the families out there are looking for a family option and we're really excited about working with the team up there so When,
0: when you do licensing and i know paul's you know he's thought about spreading out into the world too how do you make sure that you know whoever does your license picks up your license keeps the same quality keeps the same feeling because obviously that's part of your brand and you want it to do well
5: Take a lot out on faith, um, yeah. and and it's about the people that you work with. Um, yeah. And and Dan and I are not the best compliance officers, especially me. I'm a lousy manager. I'm momentum. I'm I'm engagement. I'm of the moment, but I am terrible with the checklist. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so um, it's something we're having to learn. Yeah. And and then certainly it's it, we have faith in the folks that we're working with that they have best interest. And 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 the good thing is Dan's done a great job with recipes and standardization. So we've got we've got that piece down. So it's hard. i it's tell hard. you the one thing
3: that I love. When you go to any of his restaurants, when you go to a, a Jeff or Dan restaurant, or, you know, you go in there, you get great service. Thank yeah. you. And people are always so
5: kind. Thank uh, you. And you don't find that at a lot of restaurants.
3: In some
0: places, they're actually angry. <laughs>
5: yeah. so, so here's – this is hot off the press. Uh, we have a nightly email that goes out from the managers. They kind of recap the, the day's business and give some narrative. So yesterday, um, uh, Tara, who is running the Sunday shift at, at – um, um, bravo. Got a call from a customer who left their credit card the night before at the airport leaving and highly anxious about not having a credit card. This is Sunday morning. We're trying to get ready for brunch, get open. Tara got in her car and drove it out to the airport. I've heard another story about one of his restaurants. I'm,
3: I'm sure you know about it, but, uh, Marshall, I don't know if you do. Uh, supposedly, somebody came and got an order to go, mm-hmm. and the order wasn't exactly right, and the person <laughs> had got all the way back home. One of Jeff's employees drove a whole nother entree all the way out to the person's house and delivered, hand-delivered the correct entree. When have you ever heard of that happening? Whenever you get home from wherever and your to-go order is wrong, you're, you're, just, you're just there. You have to deal with it. And his service staff and his team of, of people, man, they, they follow through.
0: You know, I think that's the number one rule here in Mississippi, but particularly most places, that there's not six degrees of separation, there's two. And whenever you have stories like that, people you'd rather people be telling those kind of stories than some nightmare story yeah. that goes on, too. And there's, there's plenty of them. nightmare stories. Yeah, and, and
5: oftentimes those mistakes are our mistakes, so we have to make up for them. Yeah. People complain, that kind of closing up on business, people complain, business folks all the time, about you can't do business with the people that are in our community. They're just not you know engaged enough. They're not smart enough. They're not motivated enough. Right. Constant daily pressure, training, right? Just mm-hmm. continue, and 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 what I really try to do is is um um there's a there's a joke that goes around um uh what would JG do? So that's one of those bracelets, WWJG. Uh, what would Jeff do? So I've Dick and Lester Wilson. I remember this twenty years ago. They had they had a party. Something happened with with they they took the to go order. They didn't have the gelato. I, I drove it in glass stems and took it upstairs at the Barrington to knock on their door to deliver it. I did that 20 years ago. Maybe that set the stage for this yeah. so we, we kind of do that day to day so thank you all you're very kind oh you're and, welcome you know we we, we we do what we do and that's you know, one of the reasons i want to stay engaged and and, and move forward and we have a, a big issue with farming that we want to try to well, s- try to solve i want to touch on that because yeah. the last time
0: you were on you were talking about the food hub that, that you were yep. creating talk about that how's the so food i hub I, can you,
5: I can give you an update so yep. we are um, we are literally under construction finally uh, over at the old farmer's market this is uh, behind the jsu stadium yes. woodrow wilson and west street yes mrs barry's still there and yes adcock is still there and they're still doing their Trade. We're not displacing that. We're not opening up a farmer's market. We're opening up a fruit and vegetable distribution processing center in order to ignite local farming throughout the state. So in a nutshell, $8.5 billion in agriculture every year in Mississippi. We are a rich, very a successful ag state. And that's everything from seafood being pulled out of the Gulf Coast to, to timber to pork and chicken and beef and then all Agriculture, including monocrops like corn, rice, soybean, et etc. Paul, of that 8.5 billion, how much do you think is fruits and vegetables? Oh my goodness! Take a guess. What about 1.2? 1.2. 120 million, oh, 1. wow. 1.2 billion, 120 million. So we, fruit and yeah. vegetable uh, growing is, I'll be kind of time here, fruit and vegetable growing is a very complex and very labor intensive process. Yeah. And so we don't have a lot of farmers that grow that. Of that 120 million, about half of that sweet potatoes, very successful with that, but not much of everything else. And there's a number of reasons. Number one reason is contracts. That farmers don't have contracts to the commercial industrial complex. Kroger or or a food distributor like a U.S. Foods or a Cisco that that restaurants work with, they can't buy from an individual farmer because of food safety concerns. Right. So food they have to be gap certified and have insurance and all those things. Just like a minority contractor would have a hard time building a building, a small farmer can't compete in the big marketplace. So what we've done is we put together a team and for three and a half years, been working on this project, and the USDA has tapped us as a value chain coordinator. They're telling us that, that they love our work and they think that we're you know, the, the, the men and women to do this work in Mississippi. So we are putting together a physical facility and a set of wraparound services to outreach to farmers to help them get contracts to grow so we can get Mississippi-grown produce into grocery stores, institutions, restaurants and into the mouths of the people that need it awesome that's
0: obviously a huge benefit for restaurants too because boy you get just that much fresh fresh
5: produce and it's hard for a restaurant to do it right now because you have to have a one-on-one relationship with a with a farmer and coordinate that distribution and 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 wait for them when they can make it there and so it 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 kind of hampers the availability so this is a long-term project uh and we're going to get there and we are getting there we've we've competed for a lot of grants we've got some private uh funds we've we've raised and uh we're just doing the hard work and this is you know Back to the beginning and to the end. Thank you for calling me an urban warrior. Why, a lot of folks are saying, why are you doing this? Matter of fact, one person just berated me and said, why do you keep wasting your time on uh, initiatives that don't have a return? And to me, what a return. Right To be able to yeah. perhaps change the narrative of Mississippi by, imagine a, the Delta where in every small town, maybe four or five families returned to the land and started growing for profit and made a middle-class income. Where there was no opportunity, and what that would mean socially, socially, economically, um, um, motivationally, what the, what what the, what happened to the state? So we call it the Mississippi Lift. Our food hub is Up in Farms, Up in far, uh, www.upinfarms.com, and um, we are under construction for and looking for for the big spring start. And then um, Val's and and Ramey's and McDade's grocery stores will be our first first out. And MississippiFarm.com that will be the brand name of Mississippi fresh produce. So here we go.
0: Well, Jeff, I really really appreciate you taking time you. out to come and join us today. And, an honor. And, and congratulations again. Like I said, best urban warrior. Awesome. Okay. It comes with an eight and a half by
5: eleven sheet of paper, so it's a beautiful thing. That is so great. That's,
0: that's great. Appreciate it. All right. Well, Thank you. we're going to appreciate. We're going to continue on. We're going to take a quick break. This is now. You're talking on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Great show so far today. I want to thank Kim Smith with Wink, who came in as well. I got a great picture already up on Instagram of Wink, so you can get to see what a handsome young man he really is. And of course, I want to thank Jeff Good, too. And I think Jeff Good really touched on something that, you know, we have a thought of the day kind of deal that we do at the end of the show. And I said, you know, as he was walking out the door, I said, you know, if you don't do anything, you're going to pretty much reap what you sow. And Jeff and Robert St. John both are two restaurateurs in the state of Mississippi that both have done an awful lot outside of just the basics, you know, making sure that food gets served to customers deal to make their community better. Like right now, Robert with Extra Table has fed a lot of people down in Hagsburg after the tornado, for instance.
3: It's amazing.
0: And what Jeff is doing and what he's doing to help not only get good, fresh food into mississippi and it's amazing because we don't think about it. you drive through the delta and you that's the richest soil in the world and yet a lot of it's cotton you know or soybean yep. or, you know so or corn for ethanol it's not corn to eat so i mean here in mississippi we have great soil and this is just a great opportunity that jeff is being able, able to make a difference and, and my thought on the day truly is get out of your comfort zone if you see a need go out there and make it happen and make make You know, because why complain about it? You can sit on Facebook all day and complain about the world, but if you actually get out of your recliner... Because I think a comfort zone is more dangerous than a blasting zone.
3: Oh, yeah. It really you, is. You can just become very comfortable sh- sheltering and isolating yourself. Uh, I, had a, I heard a great story this weekend from my friend Cord Robinson. Um, he, he's in acute care uh, dealing with patients with cancer as a physical therapist. And he said he went in to, to meet with one of his patients, and the patient said, you know, he said, here, you know, we're going to work on these things today, and we're going to help, you know, we want to start getting you where you can get from your bed to the wheelchair. And um, the patient said, why does it matter? I'm only going to be alive for another three months. Wow. And Cord's quote to her, and I just loved Cord's quote back to her, and I wrote it down. And I'm going to share it with the team tomorrow. I wanted to share it with everyone today. One day at a time, we don't know the future. Let's see what we can do today. Yeah. Cord Robinson. From a physical therapist trying yeah. to motivate his patient uh, to, to see past the things that have been limiting them. And that's the same thing with Wink, same thing with Jeff Good. same thing with all of us. We have to overcome the obstacles that life throws at us.
0: And where are some of the choices we made in the past. So if you start making great choices now in the present, guess what? You're going to have a better future. That's just all. That's all it is to it. But, you know, you think about it. Kim Smith didn't have to rescue that dog. She nope. didn't have to raise money and pay all this money for surgeries. Because a lot of people say, well, it's just a dog. No, it's bigger than that. It is basically humanity. And if you can sit there and show your children that a dog's life matters... Those children, and I did that with Banjo. You know, when I had Banjo for four and a half years, we gave them insulin shots twice a day. They gave me a choice. They said, well, you can either put them down or you can give them insulin. And I sat there and looked at my kids thinking... You know, I don't want them to put me down someday when I, <laughs> something happens to That's me. Right. I want to teach them that, you know, maybe a life is worth a life. And so that
3: makes a big difference. No doubt, man. And uh, what, a great, what a great show today that we had. And uh, what inspirational stories from Kim and Jeff, and, and both of them leading by example in our communities.
0: We're going to do this again next week. How about that? Awesome. All right. Sounds great. And I tell you what, uh, I want to thank you for listening as well. I get to interview dr rod page this afternoon for conversation so that's an upcoming episode so that's gonna be a lot of fun too all right well coming up next is southern remedy i want to thank sharita for producing this amazing show and for making it to 30 because i didn't think she was going to make it but she did she did she's great (laughs) of course this is a production of mississippi Public broadcasting and uh, really appreciate you listening we'll be back next week thanks